0: Hello, hello. I wanted to jump on before the episode fully started and let you know this is something a little different than what I have usually posted. It does center around athletic injury, especially TBIs, traumatic brain injury, and discussion. But it also talks about how to take athletes that are transitioning into a different role, such as stopping their sport. That is one thing that people usually don't discuss a lot of, which is the termination of sport and really what happens when the sport has to end based on a traumatic brain injury. So this one is going to be a little bit different of an episode. I do hope you enjoy it. Always leave a comment and I thank you so much for listening always. Hey, hey, how are you today? I want to welcome you to a winning lifestyle with Lisa, the voice you're hearing, where every week we dive into psychological concepts, tools, techniques, and some interventions that I've learned throughout the years from coaching from a very simple perspective that we can apply every day to boost the one thing that really will push your needle forward, and that's going to be boosting your discipline. One thing that you might not know about me is I am in school, I'm working on getting my master's in sports psychology and then therefore moving on to become a certified mental performance consultant. And right now my course that I'm in is called the Psychology of Injured Athletes. And I have to say it's very intriguing because as an athlete, of course, we're involved with sport and play and participation. And yes, injuries do happen, but diving deeper into the psychology of it and how maybe athletes need to transition out of sport due to retirement has been has been very eye-opening. And the last thing on an athlete's mind is probably stopping their sport. Like, that's the very last thing that's on their mind. The end of a career doesn't usually come into the athletic mindset unless it's usually voluntary. Maybe it's burnout, maybe it's fear. That's sort of when the athlete might uh, might be thinking, hey, it's time to move on. However, what happens if an abrupt incidents such as a head injury forces them out of their sport altogether. I mean, remember athletes have the burden of pressure to succeed. They want to work on keeping the standard of their team culture very high. And they also have their own goals that they want to achieve themselves. An athletic injury is very real, and it's a part of sport participation that must be accepted all the same. Youth athletes are really learning the ins and outs of athletics from not only the success and the enjoyment of playing, competing, and participating, but they're also learning how to handle physical pain. They're learning how to be resilient, how to push through. And sometimes that pushing through mentality gets a little bit warped. But one thing that's really great about young athletes is they're learning how to handle mental hardship, and especially the mental hardship of returning to sport if an injury has occurred. In 2012, a lot of people might remember the star football player Marcus Lattimore, who suffered a very, I mean, a very horrific knee injury during a game between South Carolina and Tennessee. And this injury was televised with millions of people watching how Marcus, this incredible freshman that was already breaking school records, was literally carted off the field from a leg injury that I still have horror just playing in my own mind. And inevitably, that injury pretty much changed his football playing career forever. Lattimore never fully recovered from his knee injury due to one multiple surgeries and what we can expect to be some level of fear but even though he was drafted to the san francisco 49ers he never played a game and ended up retiring at the age of 23. okay that is extremely young But there are other sports that do lend themselves to injury, and more so specifically what this episode is going to center around is TBIs or traumatic brain injury. And like I said, other sports such as gymnastics, soccer, and one that was very intriguing was equestrian. Those are still sports that need to be considered of having mild, moderate, or severe TBIs. Catastrophic athletic injury can can be foreseeable um, for athletes to retire early. If it happens, they're usually forced out of play very abruptly. As a gymnastics coach, I've seen multiple falls from athletes from from very high up events and remember these are gymnasts and i've seen falls happen at both practice and at competitions and since gymnastics is a sport where proper head protection such as helmets is not administered if you say there's only so much education on the proper way one can fall Um, that will have the least amount of head trauma. And remember, like I said earlier, traumatic brain injuries do range from mild, which is considered a concussion, okay? A mild traumatic brain injury is a concussion, but they're also moderate, and then they're also severe forms of TBIs, and they are a leading cause of death in the sport sector. Unfortunately, concussions and concussion culture have a really poor stigma from both athletes and coaches alike. And even though the NCAA requires institutions to provide athletes with informational resources regarding concussions on a very yearly annual basis, the CDC still reports the number of concussions have doubled in the last 10 years. And this is something to be very Fearful of for youth athletes, emergency room visits have doubled for kids between the age of eight to thirteen, and the rise of concussions is at two hundred percent. Okay, two hundred percent among teens between the ages of fourteen and nineteen. And a great website called Head Case Company is where a lot of the concussion statistics that I will be mentioning in this episode are coming from. But another scientific resource by the researchers of Kerr, Ker, excuse me Kurt and others states and reports that current education regarding concussions and concussion symptomology and recovery are very weak and really needs to have a large educational reform that, might be able to protect our athletes a little bit better. What was interesting from their research was that 89% of coaches that were in this study did hold a positive attitude towards concussions. And it's something that can be understood. I mean, it can be understood that we as individuals, coaches, trainers, and even athletes know the dangers of head trauma. But when involved with sport participation, there's a lot of pressure, excuse me, such as to win a game, or there's, again, the team culture of playing through pain, or maybe even a player wanting to receive respect from their teammates overshadows the recovery from a head injury. So before diving into the psychological components of athletes dealing with the abrupt termination of sport from a TBI, it's really important to understand some of the symptoms and what exactly a traumatic brain injury is. The TBI is considered a jolt or a blow to the head, or even a penetrating head injury, resulting in a disruption of normal brain function. And while a concussion is a pathophysiological process that affects the brain from traumatic biomechanical forces that still do occur pretty much above the head. So head, face, neck of some kind. And that's really what the definition is. A lot of times we will also get TBIs from potential whiplash, maybe being in a car crash, for instance, where the head snaps forward and back rather aggressively. And even though concussions are, again, that mild version of a TBI, they are very difficult to recognize since sometimes they they don't have visible symptoms unless it's on that level of moderate to severe. And most of the times, as far as social awareness goes, the social media, I would say the Hollywood quote unquote aspect, usually thinks that head injury accompanies some form of loss of consciousness, or that maybe the individual is staggering, or they might appear very dizzy, which can happen. However, it isn't the only symptom that exists. From that website, and the author of the website was Rodrigo, and it was in 2020, It's he states that 90% Of most diagnosed concussions, don't really, those individuals don't lose consciousness, which means continued education surrounding TBIs is very vital. It's very critical. Psychological symptoms, on the other hand, of concussions are pretty much unique to each athlete. Yet the cognitive symptoms such as memory processing and concentration deficits are pretty standard across the board for concussions. Of course, we can always watch immediate changes in the athlete's movement patterns. um, If they're, for example, as I said, if they're staggering on the field or if they're clearly not being able to concentrate we can see, oh yes, there has been some type of head injury that has been involved. Somatic concussion symptoms are going to be things that we would naturally think about, such as a headache or maybe light and noise sensitivity or those dizzy spells. So knowing that athletes must deal and handle injury and traumatic brain injury, to be more specifically, what kind of protection is present? And protective barriers regarding concussions can be broken down pretty much into different layers, such as the type of sport played, contact versus non-contact. There's educational reform, as mentioned before, is a protective uh, level or layer that can be utilized, such as team culture and playing through the pain belief and and honestly who can make the calls of a head injury occurring? Like who's who's qualified enough to make that call? Remember, not all coaches have the same coaching experience and handling injuries is going to be based on whether the coach has been perhaps coaching that sport for a very long period of time compared to a novice coach that might just be starting out as a volunteer position. For youth athletics, some coaches are selected based on volunteer and their willingness to give time to even coach a team, which means these individuals have a strong lack of training and might have very low qualifications to handle and assess TBIs. Researchers Kerr and others describe symptoms of memory loss and attention problems that can last for about seven to 10 days If a TBI has occurred and that's something that is not common knowledge. A lot of times, again, we might remember Hollywood does a a big job of this, of thinking if one loses consciousness and then returns to consciousness, they are somehow healed or they're somehow cured. Honestly, more medical staff available assigned to sporting organizations would be a helpful tool, but this can only be done so much since medical staff can't be present at not only the games at every game, but they can't be present at every single practice that's conducted. And one thing that is a benefit, I would say, to contact sports is that contact sports have some form of a required headgear or a headband or a helmet. However, the challenge with that is athletes might might not want to wear something that is more protective if it's ugly or if it's uncomfortable or even unstylish. And there are times when head trauma is so severe, it will end an athlete's career immediately, but next comes the difficult part of transitioning an athlete from an active player into a new identity into their life. This is where I would say what I'm trying to do, become a mental performance consultant, really can be a benefit and comes into play. A consultant can be a great asset in helping athletes transition out of sport into retirement due to injury. They really can. And remember professional athletes and student athletes alike spend a great deal of time, both financial resources, physicality, and a lot of energy to build up their skill and technique to play at a very high level. Researchers of Hanson and other states, college athletes invest over, over 70 hours per week on academics and athletics with only a very small percentage of those players actually making it into the professional realm, meaning at some point, termination of the competitive sport will occur either voluntarily, such as graduating the institution, or involuntarily, such as having a TBI, a very severe one for consultants. It's imperative that they know and understand the removal of the sport for an athlete, especially in the athlete's life can do maybe some damage by altering their identity. For instance, an athlete regards themselves as an athlete in that sport. And if not careful, that abrupt removal can have poor mental and physical health in their life later on. First, it's very crucial to note when an athlete incurs ATBI, feelings of depression, anxiety, and perhaps even substance abuse to help cope with these feelings or the dramatic change is pretty high because there's potential not only physical pain but there's also emotional pain, and those athletes are trying to relieve that. Researchers report from a systematic review, it revealed that participants have negative emotions, feelings of loss, identity crisis, and distress when transitioning out of sport. Even though for this podcast, the focus is on sport termination through injury, it is vital to know the emotional stress athletes go through when transitioning out of sport, even if they are able-bodied individuals. Some really great helpful tools consultants can utilize are psychological intervention techniques to help facilitate a healthy adjustment. Hansen and researchers in 2019 advises the use of cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, to reframe or cope with negative thoughts and begin recognizing positive aspects of ending a sport. For example, switching thoughts from a loss standpoint, such as losing the identity as an athlete or losing the celebrity status that comes with being an athlete, Or even perhaps losing the relationships of your team to more of a gaining mindset or a gaining perspective of I'm going to gain more time with families and friends. Pretty much it's a role shift that the athlete has to go through. Additionally, reflective exercises such as value-based goal setting and growing a multifaceted identity compared to a unidimensional identity is going to be very beneficial. A large portion of an athlete's identity is the sport they play. It's very boxed in and their level of success or the amount of success they've achieved is based entirely on that one thing, that one sport. Therefore, if not careful, those thoughts and that single-mindedness of getting those rewards from that sport they play can become very valuable. It, It can become a very valuable component in their life. And when taken away, a lot of athletes think they don't have anything that represents them as a human. Again, Hansen and researchers describe a great technique to building a multidimensional identity for athletes by drawing circles around identities the athlete is associated with outside of sport. Literally, they're taking a piece of paper, and it's almost like a homework assignment, taking a piece of paper and writing out on the paper other things the athlete does outside of that sport. And then having them make circles around those different components that they do outside of the sport. It's helping them expand their mind and perspective to try other things and to see themselves more than just that athlete that plays that particular sport, right? It helps them become very well-rounded, I would say. Next, it's very vital for for consultants to have great resource materials available to these athletes, either as guiding them to other sports professionals, sports psychologists, or guiding them towards counseling centers to help them adjust. Because remember, these athletes in, in this podcast that we're talking about, they're transitioning based on an injury. Therefore, there is going to be emotional distress apparent therefore emotional and informational support are needed when sudden retirement actually occurs having patience and helping those athletes work through other ways to figure out what else they enjoy doing right showing them that they have transferable skills that they've learned through the sporting experience is a great bonus I mean, one thing that we've seen a lot of from ex-football players is they start developing or growing and expanding in the commentary type of roles. Therefore, as one continues to transition, especially the role of an athlete transitioning through their sport, and then also knowing they will transition out of their sport, whether it be based on a voluntary response that of their choosing or an involuntary response such as a traumatic brain injury, it is very crucial that we continue to not only build the athlete as an athlete, but help them to see that you are beyond what you do, right? What you do is not who you are. And if that's something that we can be very proactive with, with our athletes, I think they will have a really great time transitioning when the time to leave the sport occurs. If you enjoyed what you heard and you would like to reach out further, I am on both social media platforms of Facebook and Instagram. I did try TikTok for about i gave it a good run it was about two weeks and it's not for me (laughs) it's just not for me therefore facebook instagram at lisa l calhoun is where you can reach me where you can find me i am a person that loves thought-provoking conversation and honestly i would love feedback about the podcast what did you think about the episode did you have this experience happen Maybe something else came to your mind that you just want to talk about. Feel free. Reach out Facebook, Instagram, Lisa L. Calhoun, and let's connect.